You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 228. In this episode, I'm talking to Sarah Greer on how she was able as a copywriter to take four months off and double her revenue. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Sarah Greer, who has written copy for more than 300 projects with built-in strategies to delight, convert, and of course, make sales. Sarah has been named one of the 50 most follow women entrepreneurs by the Huffington Post, and she was the copywriter for my Samba sales page in June and September 2017. Do you want more freedom in your life and business like Sarah? Grab the Plan Your Profit Success Guide where you can map out your freedom plan. Go to signal.com forward slash 228 to grab the guide. And there you also find links to Sarah and her programs. I'm so excited to be here with Sarah Greer, a dear friend, mastermind party, and also my copywriter last year. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sarah. And I'm excited to dive into the topic, how you took four months off and doubled your revenue. Oh, thank you for having me. I can't wait to get this out to people because I know uh, nobody wants to work more than they have to. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So let's go back to you were starting to work as a copywriter. And I know that uh, listeners and people in my audience they are often saying like, oh, only business coaches can make money online. Or, you know, if I'm a copywriter, I'm fixed hours and the market rates are that. So how were you able to go from what other people perceive as market rates to be someone who can charge higher rates? Oh, thank you for asking that. And it's so cute to me that people have this like fixed idea about what a copywriter might do. And also, I love that people think that coaches are the ones who make the you know, most money online or whatever it may be, because the truth is, like when I got started in copywriting, I actually started out doing a little bit of travel blogging, a little bit of journalism in my local area, and I was getting paid hourly when I first started. And what I figured out is that it was taking me so much time to deliver on those services that it actually got to the point where I was maybe like a couple of years in of doing some journalism in my local city. And they had agreed every year to, over the course of 12 months, basically more or less pay me $3,500. And at that time, that sounded like so much money to me and I was so grateful to have it. And I actually really enjoyed sitting across from a person and interviewing them. But then what I realized as my online piece of my business started to grow and I started networking more online through Facebook groups and stuff like that, I was like, oh, it's a lot easier for me to meet on video. It takes me less time. And in the end, I couldn't say yes anymore to that $3,500. I had to learn to say no to money to build in other areas. And that made a huge difference in just like my mindset, but also 
how I was going to package and price myself as well. So I had the idea of putting together packages because I had seen other copywriters doing it. And so I did a lot of market research. I looked at like what everyone else was doing. And then I came up with what felt good to me and I switched to flat rate projects. So it changed from I'm going to charge you every hour to I'm going to charge you for X amount of deliverables. So maybe explain that a little bit for those who are not aware of it and have maybe never hired a copywriter or don't know how to do this themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So in the beginning, I was doing a lot of web copy. So my clients were looking to build their brand authority. They were looking to make sales from their website. They would come to me and I would get on an introductory call with them and I would spend 30 minutes talking about what they needed. So usually almost everybody <laughs> needed a home about work with me page, um, sometimes a free gift as well. So then I created packages because I kept hearing the same requests over and over again. So one client would just hire me for the home about work with me. Another package would include that plus their auto responders, meaning every time someone got on their list, there was a set of emails that went out. So I built three different packages that people I knew I kept getting asked for again and again, and there was an ascension in pricing. So there was a low cost, mid cost, and high cost offer. And then my clients would hire me for those packages and I would deliver on them. Another huge thing that I changed my mind about was instead of, you know, you work hourly for somebody and then you bill them and then there's, it goes into this nebulous area of when will I ever get paid for this hourly work? <laughs> What I learned is that I'm going to deliver. So I am going to charge up front. And a lot of other copywriters I know, they still say 50% up front, 50% when the project is complete. Well, sometimes projects never complete. I hate to say that, but there's a small percentage of people who never get back to you. And then there's a bigger percentage of people where the timeline gets pushed because life happens. So I was done playing that game and I knew I was going to deliver. So I started charging everything up front. And these are the little shifts that I made where it was like I had control of my business and my brand and I could package it however I wanted. And I think sometimes people need permission. So I'm giving you permission right now. <laughs> yes. Now somebody might be thinking a little voice in their head might be thinking, yeah, well, how do you figure out your prices and do you start really low or did you just start like whatever was in your gut and people accepted the prices or what was the offer people went for mostly? Okay, so most people go for my middle package. That was the home about work with me and a short email series just for people who were going to get on their list for the first time. So that was where we usually landed. And in the beginning, my prices, man, they were so cheap. I used to do, oh, I did have one level where they could just get an about page from me. And I remember it was $3.75 for an about page. And that included three meetings and two revisions. Like it was a steal. But that was good for me because in the beginning, I coined this phrase, getting your pricing sea legs. <laughs> oh, okay. Have you heard it before? So no. Getting your pricing sea legs basically means start low with your price. Start where you feel so confident and comfortable you could sell it like no problem. Or for me, I felt like this is a friggin' steal. Like if you don't take me for 375 for an about page, you're losing. <laughs> I so agree with you. I've always started where I know I can sell it, like in my sleep. 
Yeah. And then work your way up from there. So for me, I incrementally raised my prices. On an average, I would raise it once a year. I've been in business six years. And I mean, in a couple of weeks, I'm getting ready to raise my prices again. So it's just an evolution that you go through. It's a very natural thing. Yeah. Okay. So you had your packages and you would incrementally raise your prices. What was the next tipping point, you know, in terms of scaling your business? Yes. So the next tipping point was for me to be invited to speak on Rick Mulready's stage. So it was me and I said yes to Rick and I did charge for that because I had to go down to San Diego and I'm in Los Angeles. And really I should just charge for my time anyways, but that was another reason for me to charge. And I went down there in December 2016. And when I said yes, I thought it was like me and Rick, I'm going to teach some copywriting. He's going to teach some Facebook ads. This will be awesome. But then I saw the lineup after I had already said yes. It was me, Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, James Wedmore, and Sarah Greer. Wow. What? (laughs) So how did that happen for anyone who's thinking like, this never happens to me? (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is the thing. Copywriters listen up. Copywriters do not like to show up on video when they work with their clients. I am the opposite. I love showing up on video. I love creating an experience. A lot of times I'll have fresh flowers, candles lit, like the whole nine yards. (laughs) And Rick hired me to do his sales page and I showed up like I always do. And he was like admiring my background and just, you know, really loving the whole experience of working with me. And from there, it was actually, I want to say, his project manager who reminded him like, oh, you want somebody to speak? Sarah would be great because she was there too. And actually, the whole reason I wrote his sales page was because a designer had recommended me. So those referral relationships are so important. Yeah. And once you have one opportunity like this, I guess things just start to take off. Oh, that was it. Yeah, like you said, it was a tipping point. Like once someone saw me on that stage, the invitations rolled in. They're still rolling in to this day. The other thing I will say about when I worked with Rick, I invited him, I invited his project manager, I invited his designer. Anybody who wanted to come on the call can come on the call with me. I'm not at all intimidated about leading the team if it's needed. Sometimes it's not needed, but I offer it. And there's a a few other ways I lead the team, not just on the video chat, but in other ways too, that makes people recognize that I am a leader and they want to have me teach their community as well. So it's it's a little bit more than offering exactly the service they're buying. They feel like they're getting more Sarah or, or more strategy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I've even turned the volume up on giving strategy as well, because it makes all the difference in standing out on the team. Because that's part of my goal is to be the most memorable person on the team. (laughs) Ah, I like that. That's a great thing. Being the most memorable person on the team. Remember that people listening. So, okay. So you had speaking opportunities, but how do we go from there? End of 2016, to now and this period where you actually took time off, like you took four months off and you doubled your revenue. So what, what happened between December 2016 and you taking four months off? Yeah, so as soon as December 2016 happened, when I got home back to my office, people were already writing me 
who didn't even say hi to me at Rick's event, but immediately knew they wanted to hire me. So people started contacting me and I noticed that my project leads like went way up. And so when I saw that happening, I'm like, okay, I need to get a team in place. Like I'm not going to do all this on my own. And I had already had some people working with me. I have a junior copywriter, a project manager, and an online business manager. So mostly I was working with the online business manager and the other two were kind of seasonal hires. So if I needed to bring them in, I could. So I'd already tested these people and then all the leads came in. So they were ready to go. So I at one point had a couple junior copywriters as needed and that's how I really scaled my business was accepting these new clients and making myself available to anybody who wanted to work with me. And again, I, would, I didn't change my sales process. It was a 30-minute call and I would talk to them and book them in for the project. And then as that just kept growing and growing each month, I talked to my team and I was saying in January, I said, all this work is coming and I'm excited about it. I need some time for myself though and how should I structure that? And I came up with a horrible plan and my project manager took one look at it and she's like, Sarah, stop, just take one week off every month. And so I was like, okay, I could handle that. That's a great idea. So every month I would do one week of no sales calls, no copy production, which was fine because I had a team who could do the copy production while I was off. Yeah. And then the other thing that I did, so one week off every month pretty much totals to three months total over all of 2017. And that, meanwhile, we did 52 projects for 19 clients in 2017. And then I took all of August off because that is usually my quietest month, although this year that is not the case at all. And so I'm, I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how it ended up being four months total. And then the revenue really came from having great lead generation without me really having to work for it. It was also my biggest pitfall towards the end of the year because I had such great lead generation all year and that kind of petered out at the end of the year. Mm, I think that happens to a lot of people, you know, online entrepreneurs in general. You know, you have a launch and it goes well and you're like, oh, it goes again. I launched again. But they're launching to the same people. So the leads dry out and they become dead. And uh, so it's kind of, it doesn't matter if it's in your business or someone who's selling courses, it's kind of this circle. So if you're not speaking, basically, that's where you probably get your best leads right now. So if there's too long flow between you speaking, I guess that's uh, going to help out. So how did you pick that up again? So I am 100% with what you said. The speaking was slowing down. And you can't bet on every speaking event happening the way it did with Rick. So some speaking events I was still doing, but they weren't getting me the same result. And I didn't have control over that, mind you. So then by the beginning of 2018, I kind of was like, okay, something's got to shift. And I was looking at all kinds of different options, but the one that stuck and worked for me was to start Sarah GTV on Facebook. So on my Facebook business page, I launched this show and the whole premise behind the show is that I invite my referral partners onto the show and showcase them as the expert. So graphic web designers, I'll say developers, project managers, all those team members that I work on a launch with, now I'm spotlighting them. And 
in the beginning when I first launched the show, I gave myself a metric of getting 1,500 views in the first month. And so I came up with all kinds of creative ways to do that. <laughs> yes, it's great to have aspirational goals. It makes you go out of your comfort zone. It really did because it was a stretch goal for me. I said 1,000 would be good, 1,500 would be the best. And I got to like 1,513 or something like that. Yeah. And so it was like me tagging people, like very gorilla, just like, here I am. I am visible. You are going to see me whether or not you want to. <laughs> of course, they, they enjoy the show and people gave me lots of great feedback. But that's how I turned it around. And that really was the energy that I needed, not just to get referrals for my business, but to feel like I was being seen again. And I want to say you are in control of that. Yes. Because you just said before, speaking opportunities, you are not in control if somebody wants to you to speak or not. And you're also not in control how good uh, you know, the opportunities after the event are. Yes, absolutely. So, But doing the Facebook Lives, that's in your control. And you, know, you are also in control how many see it, basically, in the end. Yeah. And here's one other thing that I think is important for people to hear. I launched that show without a product to sell. I launched that show strictly to build relationships. Will I retarget them later and sell them a product? Of course I will. And that's just another added benefit. But that's not why I launched the show. No. But building this relationship, they remember you. You become the memorable person. You know, when I interview someone, they remember me and vice versa. So everyone I've interviewed on my podcast, if somebody's asking for someone, you know, whether it's a copywriter or a branding person or somebody else like, oh, yeah, I interviewed them on my show or, you know, in case I haven't worked with a person already. But that's also a wonderful benefit. Will gives you more leads as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like I lined up the dominoes and everything knocked itself down from there. And then, of course, more speaking opportunities came from launching that show as well. So now I have three coming up that are really big and I'm really excited about. So I can't wait. <laughs> And now this year is turning out to be even better than last year. Yes. Yeah, so the first quarter of 2018, I made 10K in a quarter. That was heartbreaking for me. I know some people are still working towards that, but when you're used to making 10K in a month and you have to stretch that over a quarter, it's tricky. <laughs> yes. So um, I scaled back my expenses in lieu of knowing that I was going to launch this show, I did the show completely on my, my own, no team support, because if I was going to go all in, I had to have some skin in the game. <laughs> and um, everything's pivoted from here. I can grow my team again. At this point, I was on pace to hit 20K months through the end of the year. But I, after doing your workshop, your Plan Your Profits workshop, I realized, oh, no, I can actually get to 40K per month. <laughs> And how amazing is that? Copywriter that makes 40K a month. Oh. Because people are thinking, oh, only business coaches can do that. Yeah, well, there's some private client work in there. I do want to you know, let kind of people know where my money's coming from so they can think about it creatively for their own business. There's private copy work for sure. I'm still doing launches. And some web copy, but very little. There's paid speaking events in there. Those are really important for me because then they fuel the private copy. I added a mid-tier option, which is called day rates. And that allows people to book me for smaller amounts of time, but only for that one day do we talk. So 
I start and finish the project in the same day, which is a big deal for me. Um, and then I have my low cost offers, which are, you know, my copy camp program and other things that I sell. But those are where mainly what's driving the money. Oh, and I do have one client and I did this for the first time and I'm so grateful I did. I've worked with three celebrity clients so far in my career. And this time I had her come to me and she wanted to work on a project and I said, okay, but for residual profits. So for the first time I'm collecting money from a client after I finished her project and I'm taking a percentage of her sales. And I wouldn't do that with everybody. It's a very specific type of client, but that feels good. <laughs> I think that's amazing what you have actually done by laying out these different products and having different opportunities because we started off talking about hourly rate and hourly rate is just one way of working. And then you had different packages for different things. And then you're talking about speaking and then you have an online course. And then it's like, hey, if I help you with your launch, I can receive a percentage of it. Like it's thinking a little bit more creatively. And I love that. And I want people to think about it. And it, this can happen in any type of business, not just to focus on one type of revenue stream. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're so welcome. I hope it helps people. Yeah, I think it definitely will. So moving forward, where do you see yourself going with your business? Do you want to move away from client work or will you always have some? I would be surprised if I ever get completely away from it. I think what my future looks like is that I do more of these celebrity type clients. I take very few of them on every year and I continue to collect the residual income from that. And the reason I, I can see that happening for my business is because the speaking opportunities that I'm getting through the end of this year going into next year are at a whole other level the people that I'm going to be in front of and sharing the stage with are going to be similar to what happened with Rick. So I see myself leveraging that. And it's funny, somebody asked me if I won a million dollars, what would I do with my time? And I said, speaking and write books. So I think that's eventually where I'm headed. <laughs> oh, I love that. So there will be like copywriters advice title. I can see that, you know, similar to this episode's name. That would be your book. I will see it in a shelf. I'm like, oh, I know Sarah Greer. <laughs> I love it. And I have a book, but it's very much like, it's called Unleash Your Voice. It's on Amazon. And it's very much just like fill in to write your website copy. But I agree with you, like copywriters advice. I think on how to live your life is where I'm headed. <laughs> yeah, I know that. And actually, can you share one more thing? I know when we spoke recently that you are on a mission. Mm. Can you please share your mission before we wrap up this wonderful interview? Oh, yes. I love sharing this. So um, I finished your Plan Your Profits workshop and I wrote down my unapologetic one thing and that is to connect underserved um, communities and women to digital marketing so that they can out earn every man in their life. <laughs> wow. I don't know a better ending to an episode than that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I'm excited and that's what's coming next. <laughs> and it will. Thank you for being on the show, Sarah. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Do you want more freedom in your life and business like Sarah? Grab the Plan Your Profit Success Guide, where you can map out your freedom plan. Go to sync.com 
forward slash 228 to grab the show notes, the guide, and there you also find links to Sarah and her programs. Thank you for listening to The Secret Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.